0: Hey everybody, it's Kirk Henderson of Mavs Money Bowl. Welcome to a strange after the new, afternoon group therapy. Why are we doing it? Well, for one, I uh, don't want to do the work that I have to do. Number two, I we got news this afternoon via Mark Stein that Dirk Nowitzki is getting his jersey on January 5th in a home game against the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, it's a home game. Uh, there's been a fair amount of uh, trying to figure out when it was going to happen because, you know, Dirk's kind of enjoying life for the first time. Uh, so, you know, he's retired. He's, he's, you know, got kids. They're traveling. There's kid stuff. You know, I'm sure probably getting him to commit to something was probably pretty pretty difficult. Um And it's, it's really, it's, it's really something. And I'm looking forward to it. It'll be like, apparently tickets for the game are already like well north of $300, even for the worst possible seats. So yeah, um, what I wanted to do just to kind of clear the taste out of that really frustrating game uh, out of our mouths, so to speak, is to, you know, maybe let's, uh, let's talk about Dirk a little bit. Let's not talk about these other, these, like the current Mavericks. Like I've had a tweet stuck in my head for the last several weeks where it's like old, you know, guys can really just talk about old sports ball players or whatever it was. And and we can, because we can kind of talk about Dirk at length. So I would like to invite uh, everybody up on stage to come and probably share what for you would be your favorite Dirk memory. It can be something particular. It can be something you know abroad it's it's let's let's just talk about Dirk for a while because he gave us 21 years uh, and we can chat about him I think as often as we as, as we should um, since since I, I've got one person so far I'm gonna bring uh, Davis up on stage and you know everybody else please do let's let's talk Dirk because Dirk is fun hey Davis what's going
1: on hit the unmute button how you doing What's up, Dirk? Thanks for the invite. Sure. Thanks for joining us. I mean, I think I'll start off. Uh, I think obviously the championship run is, you know, I think every massive favorite part about Dirk's career. But I just want to acknowledge his run from like 2008 to 2011 in the playoffs, where he was an absolute machine. Um, and I think if you go look at his efficiency stats and his scoring production, it's some of the highest in NBA history. But I feel like it just doesn't get acknowledged because those teams are so bad, and we had just no no good players around him, really outside of old Jason kid. Jason Terry was good, but then you had Eric, no hands, Dampier at center, um, <laughs> just absolutely. Frustrating the living hell out of us. So I just want to acknowledge that part of his career where he was, I think, a top three player in the Ooh. league. Um, I, I think he top three to five player in the league, um, up, you know, with Kobe, LeBron, and I think he, you can make the strong argument that he was third uh, those those years. Just like if you look at offensive production, how good those teams were, despite how bad the surrounding cast was. Uh, I think Ben Taylor actually has a, and he broke down his game, his uh, offensive production through those kind of like three to four year playoff peaks. And, uh, he just stands out. So I'll, I'll uh, get off. Thank you, Davis. Appreciate you joining us. Yeah, just looking at
0: at Dirk's regular season numbers. Number one, like going to basketball reference for Dirk is always hilarious. He will simply not make sense due to history because he played so long and his numbers really weren't that varied from year to year. But I I do think that there's something to the fact that 2008, 2009, 2010 – uh when he was 30, 31 and 32 he played some pretty preposterous basketball um it looks like here in 2008-2009 season was his uh one of his top three highest scoring seasons 25.9 points per game he averaged you know 8.4 rebounds like the, the, the difference in the numbers year over year is really crazy from about, if, if you're looking at numbers 2000 and 2001, right up until 2013, 2014, for so basically when he was 21 to when he was 35, he just played pretty, pretty crazy basketball. Um, even in his later years, he's still efficient, but then you start to see some of the issues with injuries and things like that. All right, coming up next, we have Sean. Hi, Sean, what do you got?
2: So I'll just talk about my favorite memory or maybe. So when I was a kid and you know, I had a bedtime and stuff, I had a radio in my room. And so I would turn it to the Mavs game. And the one I, m- I remember the most is the Utah game where Darren Williams hit a three with like, I think it was below 10 was seconds. It was it a bank was was a shot? A bank sh- I think it was the bank shot game. Yeah. It, and Dirk comes back with and hits the game winner. Just, it was real bang, bang. And Chuck Hooperstein was on the call. He went crazy. And, you know, I'm sitting in my room in the dark, just kind of going crazy, listening to the Mavs win this game. That, you know, that was, that kind of epitomizes how much like the Dirk experience for me.
0: I love that. And lo- were you not so. Su-
2: uh, they d- So I couldn't w- stay up and watch the game, but they would allow, my parents allowed me to listen to the game because they're the one that put the radio in
0: there. Mm, okay. That's good though. Cause then, in, in, you know, listening to a game, if you've ever, if you ever get tired of the commentary and you want to try something different, I really do recommend trying to sync the radio commentary to what's happening on your TV um it can be really fun because it's just sort of a different experience and and Cooperstein is is really he's really I enjoy him um it's it's a lot of fun with that that's a that's a really good one I like that I, I remember that game pretty clearly because I have I uh I, I played against Darren Williams in high school and have like terrifying memories. so I would like watch lots of Darren Williams games So I remember when he hit that bank shot I do remember that game and Dirk just kind of came down and killed him it was incredible that was like, like an incredible back-to-back sequence I like
2: yeah, but the yeah, super excited. Just a just a fun memory of the Mavericks. But yeah, that's all I got. Appreciate it, Sean. Talk to you soon.
0: All right, coming up next, we have Nick. Hi, Nick. How you doing? Hit the unmute button there at the bottom because hey, Kurt, doing well. How you doing, man? I'm great. Thank-
3: well, so I've got, I guess, a favorite memory, but also I have a favorite. Um, A favorite just thing about Dirk as a person, so I'll start with the memory, but there was the um, game towards the end of his career against the Lakers, and Kobe was standing there on the sideline, and he hit basically like a deep two-point fadeaway shot to seal the game, and Kobe just dapped him up on the sideline. Um, I thought that was just so awesome. To see that mutual respect between the two of them.
0: Really like that. I remember that. That was a lot of fun. Um, gosh, what year was that? Kobe's final year. I think it, it might
3: have been. May have
0: been. It was towards the end for sure. Yeah, yeah. If anybody has these, go post them in the in the chat. I love I love these sorts of things if they're because a lot of these things, particularly from 2013, like 14 on, are on YouTube.
3: Yeah. So the other thing is, I guess it's not really basketball related, but just the mini hairstyles and looks of Dirk, I think, were hilarious all the, all through the years. I think my personal favorite was like the 2005 uh, long hair with the headband. I think that's probably where I'd say he looked at his best. But then there was also that season more recently, I think, I think it was 2013, where they were under 500 and he had like the caveman look. I think that was a pretty good one too. Mm, mm, I love
0: that one. I Jason Gallagher, when before he became a big time video producer, uh, had, used to run a website called the Baller Ball, where it was just like weird NBA content, like great, funny stuff. And I, feel, I remember something that he did where he compared Dirk hairstyles, or maybe he did it for us at Mavs Moneyball. I might need to go find this, but like the sheer variety of Dirk hairstyles is kind of underrated. And you, you don't really think about it much because it's it's kind of a it's, a, it's a little bit of a hardcore fan thing, which is why we're here in a green room in the middle of the day. But his hair's really, like he had full on, like like it was like he was a, if for anybody who played like Skyrim, it's like he was a creative character where he just had all sorts of different options, like a wild helmet hair. Bald Dirk was particularly frightening in, in hindsight, um, one that I really got a kick out of, particularly when you scroll through old photos. You go look at his rookie presser, he has the the classic mid-90s bowl haircut. It's just, I mean, just such oh, variety. Man. I
3: love it. Did didn't he have I may be wrong about this, but did he have an earring at that time? Oh yes. Oh
4: yes. Okay. What a okay. mm-hmm.
0: like Dirk was Dirk was nearly a basketball player through six different presidents. Like he experienced so much like history. And so, and and just because he's kind of a goofy dude, like the 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 fits are are my favorite thing now. Where you go look and you see some of the big baggy jeans, um, some of the things, like just some of his clothing choices are really quite remarkable. Um, there was the it wasn't it might have been ESPN the magazine, but it was the cover with Tracy McGrady where he has that huge cross. Like, there's just oh, like yeah. there did some wild stuff. Like he would have been incredibly popular in today's game because he's just kind of a kind of a different guy. You know, a lot, a lot of uh, viral moments with Dirk before things going viral was a deal, you know?
3: Yeah, oh, no doubt. There's that picture, I see it in my head, but it's like, I, I want to say it's Tim Duncan, Dirk, and Kobe, potentially, and they're all wearing these super baggy suits, and um, it's just hilarious to see how much... Fashion has changed in fifteen or twenty years. Yeah, I
0: I really am am entertained, and I'm I'm probably going to spend a good part of today going through uh, pictures just because I don't want to work. Um, yeah, this is this is good. What else do you got for us, Nick? Other
3: memories? Man, other than that, um, really just uh probably the best season was obviously 2011. Um, hard to hard to look anywhere else other than that. I think that moment against uh, Chris. Chris Bosch, I think it was game – I don't remember if that was game two where he – we, we came back on that just thunderous yes, run. Yes, game two. And, and, yeah, and, and Dirk hit that wild layup um, to, to seal the win. I mean, that's, that's probably my all-time favorite moment. Um, but, yeah, that's about all I got, so I'll get out of here and let some other guys come up. I appreciate it, Nick. Thanks for joining us. Um, okay, coming up next. And, again, guys, just for people
0: who are joining a little bit late – uh, we're talking Dirk memories because we don't want to talk about that nasty that nasty game. Um and it's it's you know, let's just talk about your favorite things. It doesn't have to be game related, it can be anything across the board. All right, coming up next is Christian. Hey, what's up Kirk? How you
5: doing? I'm okay. What's going on? Uh so I'm doing good. Uh about to fly home for the weekend, so that'll be nice, but uh you know i i'm not going to get into the the memory necessarily and i'm not going to necessarily repeat something uh, that we all don't
0: know come back to your but phone I, you're you're a little distant
5: okay can you hear me now
0: oh yeah yeah you sound good thank you
5: okay uh so the the thing that i want to mention is like i just don't know if we'll see another player like dirk that is just so underrated by fans um I think fans of the NBA, he's probably the most underrated star ever. I think the players have such enormous respect for him. You know, all the superstars, you know, when he was retiring, you saw everyone kind of turn out for that. Um, but when, when people and talking heads and all that kind of thing start talking about the top 20, top 25, et cetera, uh, players of all times, he can be conveniently forgotten, and this is someone that won a championship the hard way. And I think one thing that that uh is forgotten or not forgotten, but uh neglected is, you know, everyone talks about the sky hook and you know this, that, and the other, but his shot is his signature shot, anyways, is generational. And people copied that, you know, like Kobe and that in the early 2000s, 2010s, to now. Um, And I think it's something that'll last forever because it's such a great shot. And, you know, obviously as Mavs fans, he'll always be uh, our number one guy. But I think uh, the fact that he is just so underrated by so many um, is something that you know often goes often goes unsaid and I'm just you know this is uh I've never been to a mavericks game in Dallas uh I'm seeing what' cause these tickets are absurd <laughs> um, but I am gonna try to make it out there uh for that so I'm excited I think I'm like full like I'm gonna do it one way or another regardless of how much uh how much money it is to just make sure I'm there for that moment, um, but yeah, criminally underrated. He'll always be number one in my book, and uh, you know, appreciate you having me up and giving me the opportunity to speak. Sure thing, buddy. Yeah, I, I
0: think that when it comes to to Dirk, like historically, his game is not going to translate in the TikTok era. Um, early Dirk would have uh, Dirk before. Basically, before the the to like 2000 to 2004, Dirk was a a different guy uh, athletically. I, I think 2006, 2007, like the Avery Johnson era, he changed his game a lot. I mean, there's really like three to four distinct phases of Dirk, and it's kind of hard to explain to people because a lot of NBA players, you know, James Harden is a good example. Guys gonna play the same way his whole career. Dirk went from being, you know, a small, like he played small forward at first for for the Mavericks at times with Don Nelson. Then he played center late in his career, shooting threes, doing all sorts of different stuff. Like he learned a post-up game and his numbers don't necessarily eye popped anyone, but it's a startling level of consistency. I love the the point about the fade. Um, what well, Anthony Edwards took a shot last night like I like hyper extended my knee like watching the video but he's basically doing like like it was a the the way he he planted and pushed off on this fadeaway shot was dirk you know Kevin Durant has completely adapted the dirk fadeaway and is is quite and, you know this is going to be heresy to some people but he, like he's better at the own shot it's it's pretty remarkable um you know he's Dirk was such an evolutionary basketball point for so many kinds of players where Kobe Bryant might have been everybody's favorite, but people stole from Dirk and, 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 you know, molded. there. like big started playing the way he and Chris Bosh were playing, you know, uh, much more than somebody like Kevin Garnett, because, you know, well, Kevin Garnett, who, who I will always argue Dirk was better than, but who really cares? But Kevin Garnett was like a a defensive player and his offensive game, while incredible, he was on bad teams for such a long time that I never think we got to see like the, the KG that maybe was with, was within. Um, But yeah, Dirk is, is going to be somebody that I, I don't think it's lost to history because you know, Michael Jordan said that Dirk was one of one of the few players that he ever watched that he thought could play in the in the early '90s um, and and in the '80s with with some of the physicality, because Dirk just absorbed and 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 it did not bother his game. Um, our I think our highest clicked article ever was like an aggregation of that. It's it's crazy. Um, yeah, it, it's it, but yeah, it's it's really wild when you see how many. Uh, there's just so much stuff you can choose from when you're talking about Dirk. Okay, coming up next, we have Chris. Hey, Chris.
6: All right, Kirk, can you hear me? Uh, excuse my uh, voice, too. I'm a little under the weather, but just had to chime in on Dirk. I'm, I literally told my friend last night, I was like, yeah, you know, I met Der- Derek Harper a couple weeks ago. I was like, he's one of, you know, four jerseys in the Raptors. You know, Dirk, I don't know why they haven't retired it yet, but I'm sure it's going to be soon, and then, you know, i got the news on this, so that's that's awesome. That's awesome, so... I mean, I've been a fan of the Mavs since 2000. It was the tail end of the, two, you know, the that second season of his where they started doing really good towards that season. They missed the playoffs, but then the next year, you know, of course they beat the Jazz. But I mean, I started being a basketball fan slightly before that. You know, the '97 Finals was when I first started watching basketball. So I always relate, you know, with Stockton and Malone. They just never won a championship. Thank God Dirk won a champ, at least one. You know, just how good he was. And there were so many of those bad moments. Uh, just two thousand three Western Conference Finals, second game, I think he he messed his his uh, his ankle up. I think yeah, or his it, knee was, or something, it or- was
0: not dissimilar to what happened to to Luca in the sense of it. And and I thought I saw like Jeff Stotts, who's our injury expert in the chat. Maybe he can chime in and remind us on this. But it was the sort of thing where they were like worried about the leg entirely, and and Don Don Nelson wouldn't let let him play, and Mark Cuban wanted him to play.
6: Okay, yeah, they shut him down entirely. That's right, that's right. But you I mean we would have beaten the Nets. I mean, I'm I'm sure in two thousand three. So that whole two thousand six thing, the controversy, the refs, you know, the free throws and Dwayne Wade and all that stuff. Oh, just blowing that, you know, two oh lead, that's just frustrating. But you know, how, how how much payback I mean, what other teams can say that that five years later they meet back in the finals and they get payback, you know, against an even better team, I think. I think the two thousand eleven Heat were even better. So um, I agree with that. That was an incredible.
0: Like those two teams, like Wade, went on a h- historic run. Um, but I think that the 2011 team was way more talented. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. the Mavericks stopped Shaq in 2006, and then.
6: Yeah, yeah. And I did go to one of those games, Game Four. I was up in seat or section 320. I was at the highest point. And I paid 250 bucks for it, but whatever. I was like, I have that ticket framed. I have memories. I got videos, photos, like. You can't you can't beat that. It's just like at least I mean, some other teams, you know, fans of other teams like the Wolves. I mean, they don't they might not ever experience something like that. I and mean, we were able to experience at least one time where Dirk, you know, someone like Dirk, he just deserved it. And he was loyal to the Mavs. And it's kind of sucks that, you know, the telling of his career that he couldn't, you know, we went to the play, you know, 2014. We had a pretty good run in the first round. I mean, we almost beat the Spurs then, but really wish, you know, that would have been kind of cool his last season with Luca and stuff. You know, trying going deep in the playoffs, but you know it is what it is, and he's getting his jersey retired, definitely deserved. So. Yeah, you know, and I'm then
0: I'm like, sure I'm sure they'll do something with the statue later, where you know there's no reason to cram all this stuff into one thing, and it'll I'm I'm you know I'm, I'm hopeful that a lot of guys from Dirk's career show up. That could be that could definitely be a lot of fun. I I hope they really make a a event out of this. You know, I remember being moderately skeptical to the Dirk retirement things they were just like pumping up the
6: date and it was really weird I just thought it was weird but yeah, then I didn't the whole that, night was I didn't awesome. know when he was gonna really retire like I, I was mm-hmm. actually kind of regretting once he said it I think it was post game against the Suns uh I was just like man I wish I was there I should have gone to that game I because we didn't know like he was was he gonna really retire you know so mm-hmm. but uh yeah I'll yeah. say the last thing uh with the Ah, statue. Do you you think that they're building another arena, or they're talking about it in like ten years or something like that? When the oh, that's a good question. The American um, Airlines Center, I think their lease is up in like 2030, so they're obviously going to stay there until then. But they might wait, I guess, to do the statue for the new arena, or maybe they might build it and then move it, I guess. I yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I, from what I've heard, if they do do a new arena, it would not be too far away from where they are now, so that something like that is entirely possible. I mean. It's so odd because this is such a, a football town, a football state, and Dirk is is really one of the most well-known athletes in the era just because he played for so long and he really made this place his home. So there's just so much, like, positive, positive Dirk stuff. I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying about how he went out. But then you read – um, the Mavericks did a really good job and Dirk did too, kind of keeping under wraps, like how uncomfortable he was. Um, uh, I remember him being really reluctant to have any kind of surgery because he was, he was really blessed with health after he got his early ankle uh, issues under control, but yeah. then the ankle was bothering him so bad towards the end. They thought that, okay, maybe, you know, some surgery will will help take care of the problem. And it really just made everything worse. And so he was, you know, like reading about the injections and the kind of stuff, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm 30, 37. It's like, there's some days where it's like, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk down the stairs very well. And I don't do it. You know?
6: <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> I, I hear you. I'm 37 and I'm still hooping at the wide during noon, uh, like three or four times a oh. week. I'm, I'm trying to keep up. Oh, I try. I, sometimes I, I I I go off on these 21, 22 year olds. I have the great games and there's, there's days I'm like, especially on a Monday, I'm like, Oh my God, I, I can't do any, I can't do this right now. I need to loosen up a little bit, but I still try to hang in there. So,
0: and it's so crazy that just he was going out and doing all this stuff because he really wanted to give it a go. I was, I really, I really wish it would have worked out differently towards the end there. But you know, we we were really blessed for such a long, long time, and I'm glad he's
6: still, you know,
0: yeah. I'm glad he's still involved in the organization. Um, so so that
6: you know, like I said, Stockton and Malone, I always go back to that because what Stockton, was second all time in scoring, I'm not sure he'll probably be passed by LeBron James. LeBron James or whatever and then uh, you know uh, Stockton's numbers they'll, they'll never be like the assist and steals I don't think anybody will ever reach that mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it's just its so crazy how good they were and they just like I mean they're going against Jordan what what can you do <laughs> so, right oh yeah, oh, yeah.
0: well, well that's thanks all for I joining us so. Chris appreciate yes, it
6: yes sir mm-hmm.
0: alright coming up next well, Aaron hey Aaron what's going on today remember to hit that unmute button when it finally lets you up here on stage there we go Aaron we always have fun whenever Aaron joins it sometimes just doesn't listen to him um all right Aaron hang out maybe you'll figure out your audio I'm gonna bring up uh Carter Carter that is a very very good avatar you have on uh the the, the Dirk hat there so what's what's up
4: thank you very much I appreciate it um so my big thing with Dirk I mean I'm twenty five so I kind of like grew up with him in his prime as like you know, my idol when I was first getting into basketball and sports. But one thing that I always prioritized as I kind of grew into my adult life is I just kind of got the feeling that Dirk kind of turned into like, uh, this is going to sound dramatic, but he kind of turned into like a Bobon type character where like everyone just loved him because of how goofy and nice he was. And at least from general conversations with like casual hoop fans, I feel like a lot of people just kind of remember him as that instead of the only person to ever make Jeff Van Gundy say that he would have Serge Ibaka name his child Dirk Nowitzki, like that's the greatest line I've ever heard on a broadcast. So I don't know. My my memories of Dirk are just, I mean, everybody has positive ones, but like I, into my adult life, I want to make sure that it is prioritized that people remember him for how great a player he good, was. This is a
0: good take. Yeah. I, I, I he He's kind of viewed as a little bit as a, as a happy Statesman of Mm -hmm. sorts. I mean, he's in the NBA top 75. He's like, he's not, it's he, he is a top 25 player all time. They, they have him as one of the five spokespeople Mm -hmm. for, for this thing. So the NBA itself knows how valuable Dirk is. Uh, other NBA players also know about Dirk. Um, Uh, A couple of them, you know, Wade and LeBron had to deal with it firsthand after kind of thinking that he was soft. I mean, I I think Dirk is a Dirk is is kind of a towering figure within people who really know basketball. But then, you know, you run into like one of my favorite things. And I I know a lot of people like hate Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just for this was that he had a lot of like just not like oddly. Odd criticisms of Dirk, like, oh, he should have gone to college. He would have been better if he went to college. Oh, and then he called him a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. It was just like really strange stuff coming from from Kareem, who was, you know, obviously a, a top five player of all time in my opinion. It's like, like he, Dirk just seemed to really confuse people, and 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 they like he, they didn't know where to place him. But he was such a killer, and, yeah. and that cannot be understated. I mean, his all NBA list. I feel like he made all NBA like twelve out of thirteen years in a row. Like he was mm-hmm. just incredible for a long.
4: Yeah, no, I I like I agree a hundred percent. Like he there there are like twenty to thirty guys that just had that killer instinct in them as a player, like just to take over games and be clutch. And like if we can narrow down like the greatest players of all time to like twenty thirty guys, he's obviously in there. And I just I feel like there's a good contingency of people that don't like automatically plug him into that group and i like again i'm biased but i just he has to be in there for me and the people who kind of prioritize his personality which is obviously great like we all love him for how happy and goofy and carefree he was especially towards like the twilight years um i just i feel it's important to make sure that it is prioritized as like a general take that he he is remembered for the just absolute monster he was for as a player first and foremost
7: Yes. Sorry. I
0: was having trouble unmuting my phone. That's all
4: I I got. So
0: thank you for joining us, Carter. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. I'm going to, I just like, I've kind of let the Dirk stuff fall to the wayside, but I I really look forward to like arguing a ton about Dirk when I'm in my forties with people who just never saw him. Um, it's, it's going to, it's going to be fun. Uh, and yeah, if you're 25 years old, that means you were four whenever Dirk was, like, drafted by the team. So he's, like, kind of been – he'd been around for Carter's entire life. So that doesn't make me feel ancient at all. Grayson, what's up, buddy? Hit that unmute button.
8: Maybe hey, my, there we very go. Very How are we doing? Sorry. Uh, when you mm-hmm. brought me up on stage, my music started playing for some reason. So, <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, I, I was born in 2001, so it's funny that you brought that up. So I feel like my perspective on Dirk is a little different because I kind of grew up in my early, like a lot of my earliest basketball memories are of Dirk as like almost as a deity. Um, you know, like just, I don't think that there was a figure in Dallas sports um, or in my, in my life in general, that was just so impactful and just everywhere. It was like sure. growing up, his face was everywhere. He's on every billboard. He's in, ton of commercials like I've obviously sat and watched the Mavs games with my dad growing up a lot and I don't know I've so I've always kind of like now that I'm watching Luca at the start of his career it's a little different because like I'm kind of analyzing his game and I'm learning about him as a player whereas Dirk always still in my brain is just kind of a deity uh just this god of basketball um I've, I've never really felt that way about any other player maybe just well, particularly if out.
0: you grew up in like, if you grew up in Dallas around that time, like there just hasn't been anybody close. Um, cause the Cowboys have been, you know, I know everybody loves Dak and all that stuff right now, but the Cowboys, I mean, the Cowboys weren't good for like 15 years and nobody will really talk about that. Uh, I mean like Romo is beloved, but they didn't win anything and that's not necessarily his fault, but like Dirk, like Dirk took like the basketball heroes journey, uh, you know, 2006 was, was bad. 2007, um, 2007 for, for those of us who have been, were, were here for the long time. 2007 was existential in, in a loss. Um, I kind of define like certain periods of my life by what, you know, what basketball was happening. Like, I just remember whole things in like 2000, in 2007, I'd been out of college for a year. I hated my job. I didn't know what I was going to do for a living. Like, My fiance and I were not like we weren't sure when we were going to get married. I mean, now we're obviously married, but it's just like like there was a lot of of stuff going on with me. And then I remember like so clearly feeling for Dirk because like he went on a literal walkabout after the 2007 loss and and, and in the first round of the playoffs where they were, you know, such an like they were 67 and 15 that year. And then to come back. I can't remember what year it was, but for you may not remember this just because you are a deform aforementioned youth um, yeah, during no, the I don't playoffs remember against seven. <laughs> against Denver in the playoffs. I want to say it was the next year. Um, I, maybe it's, no, it's 2009 uh, playoffs. Uh, and. The Mavericks conducted an investigation into a woman Dirk was seeing, and it turned out she was like a huge scam artist. And all this stuff came out in the playoffs and the the Mavericks were playing the Nuggets. And the Nuggets at that time were, in my opinion, one of the best teams in the league. And I still remember Charles Barkley going in on Dirk in a really inappropriate Charles Barkley way, despite his playoff numbers, which were just unbelievable. Like there wasn't more. It felt very similar to how we felt after the Clippers series this last year with Luca, where it's just like, what more could you ask this guy to do? Um, if it if it was the right year, and I, I, I it might not be two thousand eight, two thousand nine, but in that playoff series, um, he averaged twenty seven points, ten rebounds, and three assists on. Uh if, if, if effective field goal percentage of fifty-four. Like he was just out of his mind. And then it, it, I don't know, it's just one of those things that's always gonna stick with me. And then they, they came back around and and you know, when the they, they made the trade for all those, like it was is in retrospect, like the 2010, 2011 Mavericks were very much like the expendables, where it's just like a bunch of old guys going for something, but it wasn't old superstars, it was old high-level like former stars and role players. Came together at the right time, uh, and things came together in a perfect way. Um, it was, it, it, and that you know, I would I would put the 2010-2011, I'm sorry, the 2011 championship season up against any in the last 25 years in terms of just importance. Maybe the Pistons beating the Lakers in 2004, which was really something, but that series of the basketball actually sucked. Um, no one really, you know, we don't talk about that. Um, I know the, the Toronto people love their series, but Kawhi was, you know, he was a high, he hired gun for a year. Like like Dirk meant something to this city and to the fan base in a really, really like spiritual way. And so it's, it's, I'm just delighted that he got his, his ring.
8: Yeah. I think you could make an argument that it's one of, if not the most impressive rings in NBA history. Uh, from yeah. A solo a superstar perspective, but yeah, I mean, they won the championship when I was 10 years old and I often think about what my life would be like if they didn't. I don't know if I would still be following this
0: team. No, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I I completely like, I, it's like the, because he was just so good for so long, he gave a lot of people a reason to stick around. You know, there's, there's very few Mavericks fans. I don't know. That's not fair. There's, but the 90s Mavericks, before Dirk was part of team, was like one of the worst franchises in professional sports. It was like them and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that had like the worst winning percentage. It's off. I mean, and, and then Dirk was in, incredible. So, yeah. Well,
8: thanks for having me on, Kirk. I'm really enjoying hearing y'all's perspectives on it. Sure thing, buddy. Thanks for coming. Okay,
0: let's keep going because I don't want to go back to work. Christopher, how are you? Welcome. Thanks for joining us.
9: Hey, just a couple of quick things, uh, three things that really come to mind whenever I think of Dirk. Um, his drive at the end of the game against San Antonio, the and one where the ball kind of just sneaks over the rim. Um, let's see. Um, also, whenever he got, uh, I think it was he forearmed someone or got forearmed in the mouth and spit out his teeth. Oh, yes. Um, kept playing, yeah, and what's the- that one? That one for me it was just kind of like all time basketball moment. Gosh, who was that? Was it Taj Gibson? Gosh, I can't remember.
0: I'm gonna have to go look that one up. And it was the last one. Sorry. I didn't-
9: no, no, no. You're good. You're good. And for me, kind of, you know, towards the end of his career. Um, catching the alley oop from Steph in the All Star game and just seeing all the other players' reactions, just it was, it was awesome. So anyway, I'll get off and, uh, but thanks for having me up. Sure. Thanks for joining us. Man, those are three really good ones. That
0: 2006 semifinal series against the Spurs is one of the best basketball series I have ever watched hands down thank goodness for the God Sagana job um really played Tim duncan well um man and then the two thing I forgot about that that was so gross uh remember make your kids wear mouthpieces that's a good one um and then and then the last one i still get like tingles uh like like, thinking about that the the crowd reaction the players reaction to the alley-oop that one was that was a lot of fun that's a really good one thanks for that man appreciate it all right doug how are you doing thanks for joining us today hey kurt hi you uh your show
10: and uh (laughs) i'm uh i think i'm Better basketball fan than majority of people, but feel pretty stupid compared to most of the people that comment. So,
0: <laughs> no, this is um, cool. we're talking Dirk. There's no bad Dirk thing we can say. Well, as far as So
10: I I I moved to Austin in '92 from California, and then up to Dallas in '97. So Dirk's just kind of always been there, and uh, obviously changed the game. The other thing is, well, I know I think you've got a young kid, but. I can't think of too many stars that both stayed with the team, but also you'd be kind of proud to have them exposed to.
0: And that's Mm. that's pretty
10: rare with professional (laughs) athletes.
0: I mean, there's certainly like the the list of guys who stuck with their teams uh, that long is incredibly short. Um, I think Stephen. Yes. Uh, pretty much Kobe, maybe Paul Pierce, even though he left at the end, but he was a, a Celtic a really long time. There's just not that been that many in the in the modern era. I think Steph Curry's probably gonna do this with the Warriors. At least I hope he does. But it's it's it the the part about being a a good dude is is very um is is that's a really good point because it's like the city loves him. And that's not to say you know. We're not going to pass judgment on, on other players, but Dirk never got accused of any crimes that I'm aware of. So it's, well, it's, the,
10: yeah, <laughs> it's, right. Like right. Well, it, and there was the, the one scandal and I would say that was more her fault than yes. you know, maybe his lack of judgment, not really something he did. Right. And I tell you, you know, for somebody that grew up in the Bay area, it, it's easy to like the Mavericks, the Cowboys, both because of the owner and uh the product they put on the field the last 20 years has has been much harder to uh, jump on that bandwagon. That's for sure. And
0: yeah, oh
10: yeah. Hey, can I can I ask you a non-dirt? Question? Sure. So the first game against and, and I played water polo, so that's Ooh. how. Oh I, God, kind of. That's, that's a sport. So the first Denver game, the first Denver game, Jokic picks up his third and fourth foul in the first minute
0: of the third quarter, I believe. It was something like that. Like He was very, like, they kept him out on the floor and were basically testing the Mavericks.
10: So in water polo, if if you have a guy playing that position, let alone a star, you're going to drive on him and try and draw a foul and get him kicked out. Right. The Mavericks did not do that. Why? Why? (laughs) No, not at all. They they didn't. Yeah, no, They you know, Brunson wasn't taking it inside. No one, you know, really to take to exploit him.
0: Yes, that was a I mean, that game got out of hand, but that was a, a big part of why like of why they had an opportunity and they did not exploit.
10: Yeah, early in the third quarter, uh, it was, I think, within eight points or something like that. I mean, it, it wasn't out of control like it ended up being.
0: Right. No, that was a mistake, and that will probably not be something that happens again, because I think Kid got got pretty roundly criticized for not, the team not attacking. Okay. Well, thank you, Doug. Appreciate you, you betcha, joining thanks. us. Appreciate your work. You betcha. All right. Coming up next, we have Zach. Hey, Zach, thanks for joining us.
11: Can you
7: hear
11: I me can. Again? Cool. So my Dirk moment moments experience is 2011 OKC series. I can't remember which game it was. I mean, because it's really the entire series he was doing it. But OKC had some stud defenders. They had Nick Collison, Thabo Cephalosha, Serge Baca, KD. And nothing that they did could stop Dirk that whole series. I mean, it was like Thabo, excuse me, Serge Ibaka like was covering Dirk's eyes. Dirk the, couldn't even see the the rim and was just swishing shots. It was it was like Jedi stuff. It was ridiculous. So that's definitely I just that's the only moment I really have. I just wanted to
0: bring. I mean that. that's the fine like I'm still of the opinion that that series is the finest basketball he played over a, a stretch in in his entire career. Um the finals, he was a little ugly if if you go look at his numbers. Yeah. But he just, I mean, Nick Collison was, in my in my opinion, like there's a number of guys who guarded Dirk really, really well over the years. Bruce Bowen, because he was a cheating cheater. Um, Sean Marion, because Sean Marion is one of the best defenders in, in recent NBA history. And I thought Nick Collison always did a sneaky good job on Dirk, just very physical, tall. Um, and I still remember, like, the Serge Ibaka stuff, I thought he broke Serge Ibaka for 10 years. I mean, it was, it was, what, 12 of 15, and he went 24 of 24 from the free-throw line. Can you imagine how nuts the internet would go if Luka Doncic went to the free-throw line 24 times in a basketball game?
11: So, social media has changed so much. <laughs> and that, you know, some people would be hot on Twitter whatever the term is to describe this. Somebody would be hot on Twitter after a big game for maybe six hours, but he would have been hot for like, or trending, I guess for a couple of days, it was just,
0: Oh yeah, man, I, I might have to go watch, I might have to go watch some of that Oklahoma City series after this because there's just very, like that was just when everything, like, like the, the, I think of the line from the A team, like you, I love it when a plan comes together and it was just Dirk eviscerating because that, I mean, Andrew, who was going to come on here shortly, mentioned this in the chat. Dirk played, went through five, like five either former or future MVPs in one playoff run.
11: I was, you know, we swept the Lakers in the previous series, and you know, I was like pretty optimistic. And I thought, damn, OKC's they're they're pretty badass. They're going to be difficult for us to get a, to get past. But I don't know, it was uh, it was our year. Was Destiny and Dirk was just locked in.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, thank you, Zach. Appreciate you joining us. Okay, Mike. Welcome to the chat, Mike. How are you? Mike, are you there? We got the unmute. I saw you do that. That's okay. Um, try to come back up. If we can figure out the audio. I'll bring you back on as the next guest. Um, coming up next, then, we have Michael. How you doing, Michael?
11: We're getting really good audio luck here. Hit,
1: there we go. Hey, what's going on, Kirk? Well.
7: Uh, man, so right now is a crazy month for me. Just being 11 years old, my mother passed away from brain cancer. Just passed the week to, passed away the week up, Thanksgiving. I'm sorry to hear that. No, it, 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 it's a celebratory moment. So honoring their memory, celebrating one of my Dirk memories actually involves her. It involves a random January game, uh, 2010. I had uh, just gotten back from Afghanistan a couple of months ago. and this particular game, Dirk went off for 37 against the Boston Celtics. I think Paul Pierce went off for like 24. I just remember... That game the most, you know, because that was like one of the, uh, that was actually the last basketball game me and my grandmother had actually watched together.
0: Oh, wow. I found it. He was, he was 20, he was 14 of 22 from the field. And <laughs> like played, 9 of 12 from the field. He played, uh, from the free throw line. He played 44 minutes. 40, like. Yeah. Like like KP almost died last night and he played 32. Like Dirk is playing 44 minutes. Wow, this is a good box score.
7: Mind you, she she's from she was from Boston, so she was a big time Celtics fan. So <laughs> you know she remembers all the championships and all that. But for that like one night, I got bragging rights.
0: That's real fun. That's a good memory. Thank you for sharing that with us.
7: Oh yeah, of course.
0: We I was going to say
7: 06, the uh, sure. the Spurs, because I live in Austin and I was living in Austin then, and that was like right before I went to basic training. So right. it was fun to you know get the rub that.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Beating the Spurs is beating the Spurs is special. Of course.
7: But to sit up there and knock them out before the NBA changed that uh, playoff seating rule. Right. just amazing. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, thank you for joining us, Michael. I appreciate it. Of course, Kirk. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Coming up next, we have Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Kirk.
12: Wow. Josh Green profile photo. That's a bull. I don't know. I've been trying to change it, but it won't change. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyways, my favorite memories of Dirk are from the 2011 playoff run, obviously. But like, I actually was lucky enough to go to two playoff games, and I went to Game Four versus the Lakers, and then Game Two in Miami. So in Game Four, like I was only eight years old, but like I even knew like how special that was to beat the back-to-back. Uh, Defending champs and watching Peja and the Jet, you know, splash all those threes. But in game two, I had an unfortunate, like, so me and my dad go to that game. I'm eight years old. I have Heat fans cussing me out. I'm, like, I'm a little nervous. So, like, uh, like, I almost wanted to come into the arena with, like, a jacket on, like, trying to hide that I'm wearing a Mavs jersey. But, so... Anyways, there's like, you know, we're down 15 with six minutes to go or whatever. So my dad's like, let's get out of here. Like the heat, there's no stopping them right now. And the heat fans are giving us a hard time. So we get in the taxi cab to go back to our hotel. And then we just slowly, we have the radio on and we're starting to hear the Mavs are coming back. And we're like, oh, what have we done? We just left. And then we get to our hotel just with, oh, yeah. So we get to our hotel with just like a minute to go. Uh, just in time to watch the Dirk shot, so that Dirk shot's just my favorite memory so
0: i don't you know i i i hope I hope you don't that's a tough deal, like they were getting killed that game. I still remember where I was sitting in my rinky dink apartment with with my wife, and just being so upset when when cause Dwayne Wade hit that shot in front of the bench, and I reckon if anybody hasn't seen it, go look go to YouTube and Google. Game 2, 2011 NBA Finals mini-movie. It's like a six-minute thing. They they still do these, and I, I wish the NBA, like, pubbed them more because they're just incredible. Uh, and and it, it, that game was over, and then it wasn't. And and so that's, that's pretty great that you got to see the end of it, though.
12: Yeah. Yeah, I've never left a game. I don't care if we're down 30. I'm never I'm never <laughs> leaving early again. <laughs> That'll teach you, right? Oh, yeah. That'll teach you. Well, you got any others, Jordan? Uh, I got a lot more, but I, I'm gonna keep it at that. But thanks for having me on. Of course, buddy. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate
0: it. That's a good one. All right, then last, because we don't got anybody else up, and uh, it's uh, Mr. Andrew. How you doing today? Doing quite well, Kurt. Several different
13: ones, like everyone else. The 2011 playoff run, just Game Five of the Finals. Once we pulled that out, just the feeling that it was inevitable. that The Mass were finally going to win the title. Yes. Even against that, even against that crew, and all the uh, the uh, fake sick that LeBron and Wade were doing. Man, I day. can't
0: believe they did that! Woo!
13: Ugh. And one of the other memories I have, I think it's mid two thousands. Dirk's career p- career regular season scoring high. He had fifty three. It was him against Houston Rockets with Tracy McGrady. Mm. They had both gotten forty three in regulation and went to overtime. Dirk just poured ten on. And the overtime to win.
0: That's one of the greatest basketball games I've ever seen. And the Oh my God, what a good guy. I cannot believe I didn't think of this one. Good call.
13: And the other weird thing of that game that sticks out to me, the most unusual national anthem, James Earl Jones. What? Read the national anthem. I do not remember this. It's it's one of those just like this is unique. This sticks in my head. And I was at the roof of the th- Section 326, Row T, top of the arena for that one. And it's one of the ones you'll just remember the rest of your life.
0: That's a good one, man. Thanks for that. I like that a lot. That's funny. Yeah, man. You know which one I remember is when Tony Romo was in the warm-up lines? I still get angry about that game. I still <laughs> I still was so mad. I was like, this team's a clown show. They're letting Tony on un- on the floor but they just had such a good time with it it was it was good
13: man especially when he spread to the scores table like he was going to check in oh gosh
0: yeah and like like uh, adam was it adam Yeah, was adam silver at that point who had to be like no this this can't be a thing that's and They
13: and they still put his name on the floor
0: oh god did they really i didn't catch that Uh man all right well thank you andrew you got nope. any more that's all i got for now y'all have
13: a
14: great excellent
0: one. you too buddy Okay. Coming up next, we got one more fo- person. We have Richard.
14: Thank you for joining, Richard. What's up? Uh, hey, Kurt, can you hear me? I can. All right. Well, I just wanted to have a couple of things to say. So, um, the first thing is just, I grew up a Mavs fan, like everyone else. And it just really was, well, I'm not too old. I'm 32. And just growing up watching, I was one of the early Mavs fans was watching it with my sister. Uh, we'd watch the '90s Mavs, and it was it was rough. Like it was it was so bad, and like to have Dirk um, show up in '98, it was just something like it was like wow, we have we have promise. But it was I wasn't 100 percent sure like this was legit just because for like the '90 the '90s Mavs. I don't know like younger Mavs fans just don't understand how bad the '90s Mavs were. Like it was bad. Like you had to be a real fan to be watching uh, Mavs games for like I think. I'd be watching like Star Forty Nine. I, I mean, know, like it's 44. it's the
0: equivalent of what like like imagine the, what Houston is doing right now, only for like years. Like they were bad yes. for years.
14: Yeah, and it was like it, it was you had to be a true fan to be watching these games. Like mm. it was it was not pretty. And so um yeah, the like dirt came along and it was just like okay, he's pretty good, but you know I was just so used to you know seeing like horrible stuff, so I was kind of you know waiting it out. And obviously, being a Cowboys fan, uh, I've become over the years a very, very jaded Cowboys fan. <laughs> I'm not, I like, you know, I just every year they get the most attention locally, like on the radio and everything. Like you just hear about the Cowboys every single year, and anytime you get a, a bit of Mavs talk, it, it was nice. So like my fandom, I was still a Cowboys fan, but it, it almost like made me a stronger Mavs fan because like this guy Dirk is carrying the team. He's pretty good, like we should be paying attention to the Mavs. So like, you know, getting like constant Cowboys talk, it was it was kind of like, man, I, we got to be talking about the Mavs more often. But anyways, fast forward um, to obviously 2011. I've never experienced this before until this moment. Um, I've heard about dudes sports crying before, like just out and out emotional sports crying tears. I've never experienced it in my life. And in 2011, obviously it was like, Uh, Game seven, or no, Game six. uh, Dirt, you know, we lock it up, and all of a sudden I start feeling weird, like emotions. I was like, What is going on? So this is odd. Yeah. Yeah, like my face. My, I'm, I'm feeling like my, my eyes. What is going on? Liquid. I don't understand. Yeah. Exactly. And so something's going on with my face right now, and because, like, you know, obviously being a, a J.D. Cowboys fan, I was like, I've never experienced this before. Being you know a Mavs fan, going the ups and downs, and then finally just like um, feeling this elation, I was like, I started crying. I was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "I was, I was like tears of joy," and it was it was amazing, and I, I'll never forget that because though, that has like really never happened to me before. Like I've I've you know heard about it, like oh yeah, I cried because like this team won or whatever. And I just was laughing off, like it's sports, you know I I, I love it, but I would I never truly experienced it until that. And then the, the second time I've ever experienced it was. Um Dirk's last home like what was it last home game he when he officially announced he's retiring because mm, no one really yeah. knew until he said it. and I was like, damn, like I mean I, everyone kind of knew, but until he officially said it, it was like, you know, so once I heard out it, like it's coming again, it's like <laughs> the, the, the one time, so it was it' was totally worth it, you know that was the 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 one true time that I was like, okay, this is this is real. like these emotions, like I, I legit believe everyone out there who does I'm not gonna make fun of anyone because I've officially done it, so, like, yeah, it's been a, it was a really crazy experience to talk, to, you know, to go through Dirk's just whole career, growing up with him, it honestly feels like, I don't know if anyone watches, like, like, these in animes, like, he, he literally went through, like, you could, this could be a movie, like, you know, he went through his ups and downs, like, it was, it, it's truly, like, I know we fans, like, we, like, you know, as sports fans, you say, man, he's, like, you kind of, like, overblow a lot of these moments but like truly like you truly felt like you were going through these like punches with Dirk like you know he, he had his big let downs his really awesome you know ups and downs it like it's so like whenever you whenever he like won in 2011 it really truly felt like damn like like we all won as a city like this was a you know this was a big accomplishment for Dallas yeah And yeah you know, so that's that's, that's honestly it yeah, all I have that's great. to say
0: yeah thank you Richard this is great yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean, because it was our guy was not going to get his due. The guy we would watched for 10 years, regardless, this is just going to go. He's going to leave something's bad. You know, there's just all sorts of negative feelings. And then all of a sudden, you know, I remember that, that it's very clear. I think ESPN still has all this. Like he, the Mavericks weren't picked to get out of the first round in 2010, 2011. They were three seed. So it's it's just it's wild in retrospect. Okay, we do have one more person. Oh, no, the person left. All right, this has been fun. Thank you guys for, uh, for wasting an hour of your afternoon talking Dirk with me. Um, it's a good time, and I feel uh, you know palate cleansed. Now we can go watch uh, the Mavericks beat the Suns um, Sunday night. All right. Um, well, we will talk to you guys soon after the game. Thank you so much for hanging out, and we will talk soon.